Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. Uh, we're brought to you by the Georgia Record. I'm here with my co-host, Bill Quinn. Welcome, Bill. Good evening. So, uh, wow. <laughs> Every show, I think we can't cr make the bar higher for uh, strangeness in Georgia, but it's uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. So we're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com, as I said. Please sign up for our no-ad subscriptions. Top right corner of Georgia Record, it says subscribe, subscribe for no ads. You get access to all of our content globally with uh, no advertisements, no pop-ups, all of that. So people love it. So please support us, free media that way. It's really helpful. And frankly, we need your help right now. We're being attacked across the board. We've got some interesting guests tonight. We have Field Searcy and Sam Carnline who's going to talk to us about the fish fry from hell down in Perry. And uh, we're going to show some videos. Then we have Mark Cook, who's going to talk about election integrity, which is always a big topic of ours. And then Bill and I are going to have a, a, a conversation on multiple things going on in Georgia. Before we get to that, I want to ask you to take a look at FamilyFarmBeefBox.com. They're a new sponsor of ours. We met them. I've been ordering beef from them for some time now. It comes on a subscription basis or one-time buy. You get a cooler full of freeze-dried meat fresh off the farm, fresh from a local butcher shop, not mass market butchering. It's very high quality cuts, very high quality meat and extremely tasty. And you get all of these types of meat, hamburgers, steaks, uh, different types of cuts that you can plan meals around with your family. It fills up your freezer and we just love it. There's no mRNA, which is food security is huge and not sickening your family by putting poison in their bodies is kind of important. So familyfarmbeefbox.com. Please check it out. He is from Nebraska. He's a God-fearing man, and I think you'll love the uh, the beef. So thank you for checking that out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Bill, uh, let's get started. All right. Let's bring in um, – there we go. So uh, we're joined by Field Searcy and Sam Carnline. Guys, thank you for making time tonight. Thank you. I understand you had quite a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. It, it turned out to be so, didn't it? And yeah, it sure sure did. So um, I know that uh, even before you arrived, you had been um, given bad news about being able to, uh, you know, a, a sponsor and, a, and in some ways attend the event. And then within 40, 48, 72 hours before we started hearing stories of voter GA and others uh, being told that they uh, their registrations were canceled. So um, tell us what you what you tried to do and and uh, before the event even occurred, if you would, and then I'd like to try to walk through the day and and have folks experience what you did, if we could. Go ahead, you tell them about the trying to get a table. Okay, so <clears throat> I, I called because I was having trouble navigating the uh, website for the uh, fish fry, and told uh, the district eight chair uh, Chad Jones who I was and what I wanted. And he told me that they would not sell us a table, um, that we had crossed the line. And I really don't understand what it, what he meant by that. Um, I did hear later that some of the people that have become active in Georgians for truth, which is the name of our little, um, website, georgiansfortruth.org, where we're trying mm -hmm. to gather people of like minds across the state to get involved and, trying to push in one direction toward hand-marked paper ballots under the term paper, please, um, that somebody had stuck a sign in his cow field. And that really undoubtedly went against his grain. 
And that's the reason I understand that he wouldn't allow us to come in. And then he turned around and told Garland Favorito of uh, voter GA at the very last minute that they couldn't come because he had sold them a table. So we decided, Field and I decided, along with a few, I don't know, a bunch of our friends showed up at the fish fry. And and I'm not so sure it was a fish fry. It might have turned out to be a squirrel cooking. (laughs) Might have been a rhino roast. (laughs) (laughs) A rhino roast. (laughs) But but at any rate, um, we we bought tickets and and we, we showed up. And we were told not to wear shirts. And we felt like that that was against our First Amendment right. Mm. And so we went to the uh, door to get in. And the lady stopped us about the time she learned who we were. I don't think she recognized the shirt from the front because our shirt on the back says, paper, please. And on the front, it's just this little logo that you have to look at close to read. Um, I think I actually have a video that shows this, by the way, if you want to show it at some point. Yeah, we do have a video of it. If you'd like to show it. Hello. Uh, just one. Just one? Alright. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. So I want to pause it for just a second. So do we do we know who that lady is? I don't know. No, because she shows up in a couple different videos. Yeah. I'm going to see. Or Houston GOP or whatever. Now, the lady that took the video, we do know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just... The, the reason I ask is uh, she was in several of the uh, several shots that very various people took. I just didn't hadn't understood who she was yet. Let's uh, let's go ahead and watch the rest of this because it gets kind of interesting as uh, I think it's Chan that walks up, isn't it? He's not on here. Oh, so what she's saying? Uh, we have to take our turn our T-shirts around. Yeah, we'll, we'll give her money back. You recording? I recorded her too. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I'm just saying. Okay. 
bought the I bought the tickets at the same time. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think you may have given me one too many. Oh, because the other guy was in that line. That's right. Yeah. But I got in here while ago. We're being held up. Pressure. It's not a vulgar. Invitation for the state Republican Party to come to the issue. We're going to issue a refund. Okay, well, you want to go to some big ones? I want you to get out of here, so you got to get out So we can go to Walmart and buy another shirt and come back in. Is that the way I understand it? If that's the issue, they want you to change shirts. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that's a little longer than I'd planned for it to be. I was trying yeah. to get to the part where they show uh, Mr. Chandler Chan Jones come walking up and uh, and give you some static. Yeah, so he said you... that it was. He called it a private event, mm -hmm. and that um, we were not going to be allowed in there with our shirts. We could get our money back, or we could go get another shirt. And uh, and then he brought in um, the deputy sheriff as well as the uh, the ag agri center police officer of, or management, and uh, there were some other sergeant at arms there. And they and the, the deputy told us we had a choice: either we took the money or get a different shirt, or he was going to arrest us for criminal trespass. And so Sam and I said, "Well, let's let's go out and think about this a minute. I mean, what do we want to do here? We've already driven." two hours and we'd already paid for our ticket. And so we went outside, we said, let's just go ahead and change up. We'll give us a chance to at least go in and we'll, we'll see some of our friends and maybe get to network with some other people. And you know what? Um, I've said this several times, but I think God works in mysterious ways that if we had not have changed our shirt and we just either gotten arrested, we would have made a big splash or um, if we just got our money back, um, if we hadn't changed our shirt, we would never have the opportunity that we had moments later, you know, with, with uh, Governor Kim, because he would have avoided us like the plague. We can't hear you, Bill. You're muted. Pardon me. I, a lot of people have asked themselves in retrospect how fortunate that you asked whatever question you, you asked to start that conversation and, and, got, and got that uh, statement. It's fascinating it, it it you know todd had mentioned it a few minutes ago it, one of the reasons that uh, seth cashel decided to uh, name it the fish fry from hell <laughs> if, if i might um i will tell you that when we left the house uh saturday morning um I, my prayer was that uh I, that god would give me his armor and would give me the words to say, the right words to say if I got an opportunity to speak. And wow, did he. And then, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just wow. Some, sometimes amazing things happen just just by trying and asking, isn't it? Yeah, and I promise you, I'm, I'm not that smart. It just, it just came about. Well, that's great. So you get a chance to talk to uh, Brad Raffensperger as well, and then, uh, and then Kemp? And we have those videos if you wanted to show them. I think they're a little bit, little bit more tight. So if uh, did did you want to go to one particular one? Let's do the camp one first. Camp one first. It is here. It comes. This is Phil Cersei. How you doing? Oh, sorry. 
Okay, here's the Kemp one. Yeah, you know, what you did you just say? If you give anybody a vote to change me, you hack it. Wow. But I am a Republican, sir. Good. I am. And I hope that you will stand on the side of truth. I am on the side of truth. And winning elections, because that's what matters. Grady County boy here, Field Cersei. Hey, great. Good to see you. How you doing? Thanks for videoing. Yeah. We want to keep it on the record. That's good. We need transparency in our elections. We, we, got we don't have transparency now. Volunteer to be a full worker. We got a secret box. It's a secret box. I assure you it is. So there, there's a number of very fascinating parts of this video. Um, one in the background. Let me see if I can stop us at at the right spot here. In the background, it appears that um, Mrs. Kemp is trying to get his attention, saying, "You know, you're on video. <laughs> you're on video." She Don't seems talk to be to this guy. <laughs> yeah, she seems to be waggling her finger at you at one point, and and uh, uh, and then uh, he seems to he says thank you, but it, somehow it doesn't ring quite sincere about thank thank you for videoing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I then, think he was a little unhappy. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. I, what did do you recall? What it was that you said that garnered that response? Well, I started out talking about um, the not the Dominion machine, the um, Halderman report, mm. and and that it said that the machines were hackable, mm -hmm. and um, and then he was he his reply was. Uh, yeah, you know, anybody can hack a machine or computer or, or a computer or something to that effect. A voting computer. And um, a voting machine. And I couldn't believe it came out of his mouth. But and and then he was listening, but I couldn't believe it. So it, it startled me. So, and of course, you know, I clapped my hands and said, thanks. You know, thank you very much. I felt like we got our money's worth for the fish fry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. You, you you kind of you, you look toward the camera like what do they call it breaking the fourth wall or something and and you're like wow <laughs> yeah. toward toward the end of this uh, exchange um two things one i think i saw one of his security guards step between you but this young lady was off to the left and and stepped in and what do you recall what she said it's a little hard to make out um she said um it's not worth it step back huh step back sir it's not worth it i assure you is what she said i wonder what that means we don't know huh we don't know yeah. maybe maybe that she feels like that we don't need to be you know cornering up her dad you know i think that was was that is that is that governor cap's daughter i believe it is yeah, yeah we not, think uh, so i'm not positive huh. but uh, a, a real nice young lady and um, and she was right there, you know, with Governor Kemp and mm -hmm. Mrs. Kemp. So I assume that was one of their daughters. I've not met her. Huh. Well, I'll be darned. It just, it seemed like a, I, at first I couldn't quite make out the comment. I couldn't, I wasn't sure that's what she said, but it just seems like an unusual comment. In any case. Um, uh, you, know, was, he, you know, Governor Kemp gave Field a directive and I've, I've asked him, 
and so far he, he hadn't fulfilled it. I'm kind of curious as to why not, Phil. Why hadn't you gone become a couple four? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it is interesting to be invited to be one of those. Um, <laughs> so just to uh, kind of flip to one other thing here. Did you want to show the, uh, the Raffensperger conversation? Yeah, I'll show that one. That was good, too. Okay, great. Well, we're talking about things that concern us. The main thing that concerns me is, is I believe that Georgia is now in the national spotlight. Right. And not only are we in the national spotlight, I think we're in the world spotlight. And I, why do you think we're there? Well, we're there for a lot of reasons, but I don't think we're in the world. I think we're definitely in the national spotlight. There's still a lot going on based on the 10 hours of testimony from the 2020 election stating that the 2020 Georgia election was so fraught with systemic irregularities and voter fraud that it should not be certified. That's on page 12 at the bottom of the page. And what we did is we responded in the 10 page letter to Congress, which is on the SOS.ga.gov in response to all of that. So the information is out there and it is a total uh, different perspective. And then everything's been, in fact, the state election board uh, take took a look at what happened or didn't happen at State Farm. You had the FBI, GBI, President Trump even handpicked someone to look at, at State Farm. That was Bobby Christine, and he said nothing happened with double uh, All right, let's get off of 2020 and let's talk about 2022. And the DeKalb County race had actually had a hand count where Michelle Long Spears' uh, count did not agree with the machines. Can you explain that? Right. And that was DeKalb County had some issues. Obviously, they have, have a new election director at that, and the state election board. We don't think that an investigation that could come before the state election board. It's kind of. It's kind of interesting to see him bragging on the state election board. And 48 hours later, they announced that uh, William Duffy, the state election board chair, was resigning. Yeah. Well, one other interesting thing that is also in there is that uh, we learned when we were um, we went to the state election board on August 1st and they had an overflow crowd and we had over 50 people that spoke out about election integrity. Mm -hmm. And during the break, one of our um, cohorts was talking to Judge Duffy. He says, we don't have, she says, can't you just send a letter? You know, I says, well, we don't even have stationery. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they have no authority to do anything. They have no stationery. And that was one of the things that we mentioned to uh, Secretary of State Raffensperger. And he says, well, that's a, that's the state election board. I says, well, you're, you're a part of that. You're an ex officio member. So he wanted to deny that, but that's that's, I don't know why he wanted to deny it. And you know what, Phil, I just thought about this. It just dawned on me. 
we're all about paper. We could have supplied paper to the state <laughs> election board if they didn't have there it. There you go. Yeah. Miss, you know, Judge Duffy, I'll print some for you. No, no problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it is interesting that um, you know, they they're quick to say, oh no, no, no problem at all. Yet when you when you really look at the things that are being said, you know what uh uh, Secretary Raffensperger went on the record at the SEER con- uh, conference up in Washington saying, oh, I, I believe that, you know, voter confidence in Georgia is improving, you know, because now we have voter ID. I, I look around at these events and there's there doesn't seem to be any evidence of that. It's, you know, you know, what fact, gets it's me, more- you know, what gets me, Bill, is that just stare you in the face and lie, lie, lie. It, I mean, it is lie amazing, isn't face. it? It is. Amazing. Amazing. It's like they're reptilians or something. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's like who are these people that just uh, have this agenda and are going to steal our nation and think it's just fine? I don't get it. Yeah. There's a recent poll, guys, that states that 61 percent of Georgians do not trust Georgia elections. That's real recent. AJC mm-hmm. in the AJC yesterday, I believe. Yeah. So it, if and if it's on, let's just say it's only 10%. That's too many. So let's change the way we vote. I mean, what's so hard about it? And, and why? Well, you know, you- we're a global media company, and I can tell you for sure that people all over the world are telling us that Georgia is right in the spotlight and the whole world is watching this. It's not just a that. I mean, he, he knows this. Yeah. Europe, for instance, they just, uh, you know, Tucker just interviewed Orban this morning and he's talking about. You know, the whole world is, knows what's going on. So it's you were exactly right saying that. And it's his his answer is not surprising, but it's telling, I think. So so obviously this thing is uh, is, is grown well beyond the bounds of Georgia to, you know, to the points we just made. What what do you think is the next step now? You, you guys would like to see. And, and I know I heard him answer somebody earlier in the day. Oh, you have paper ballots. Well, you know, paper ballots with a QR with a. Uh, barcode on them that can't be read or not valid. Uh, many people nowadays are saying, no, those are spoiled ballots because they have uh, something that can be read by a machine, but not by a human. So those are spoiled. What do you think? What, what's the next step here for the, the cause? It's a ballot receipt. answer, Phil. <laughs> so um, the next step is really, we've been calling our legislators. We've been asking all of our volunteers to call. And every, every legislator we talk to as well, Leadership doesn't want to do it. Leadership doesn't want to make a change. Leadership doesn't want to have a special session. We don't have the votes. We don't. There's only there's none of the Republicans. And I say, well, uh, have you asked any of the Democrats? Because they voted against this system on a party line vote in 2019 mm-hmm. for a lot of good reasons. And some of them were that the, the software was already outdated the day it was installed, and it's a product that's going to last 10 years and they financed it with a 20 year bond. So it's kind of crazy logic that they would, you know, install a system that, um, for example, the windows server 2010, uh, the last uh, regular update from Microsoft was in 2018. And that was what, that's what this current software running now. And the, the tablets are running Android 5.1 and it was at Android 10 the, the day this thing was installed. So there, there's been no, you know, move by 
Secretary of State to update these, and we don't want them updated. We want them gone. But the point is, they're not secure. Yep. I mean, clearly the Halderman report heralded that loud and clear. Um, and uh, contrary to what's been said by uh, Kelly Loeffler and others, this is not a matter of a simple patch, is it? This is a this is a rip and replace need. It's a full upgrade, and I think the pole pads are not compatible, so they have to be replaced to be compatible with the new software. There, there's that, and there's also there's quite a quite a big push to say, you know, with any machines in the in the um, flow of voting are represent a risk. We just had, uh, we had uh, David. Uh, 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 David and his wife on uh, what a week ago, Todd, that uh, the big message is if you've got a way for them to get into the system, that's, you know, that's too big a gap. It's too big a risk. And it can, yeah. they can come in a number of different ways. Well, we need to simplify and we need to decentralize the process and bring it back to have our neighbors and our precincts counting our ballots and have it counted on the same day, public count so that we can trust it. Um, that's all we're asking is to go back to the way we used to do it. Uh, there are methodologies, there are several different methodologies. We go around showing one particular one of how to do a hand count. You can live stream it and show it in real time and then record it as well. We play back for later view. And that's what we need to get to, till we get to the point where we can trust it. Yep. Where, where can people learn more about your initiatives and, uh, and support you um, as we go forward? Well, you can go to Georgians for Truth, and um, we have a website where you can download our push cards. We have uh, yard sign templates you can download. We have a county petition template. You can fill that in with your county. You can, uh, we also have a template for the, the slog file irregularity that's <laughs> that is was found in Williamson, Tennessee. We found that in Grady County and I think it was 64 out of 66 counties in Georgia have this Williamson, Tennessee era that's known by the EAC. It's known by Dominion that once the, that code is, or error is triggered, that ballot is not counted and every ballot following is not counted until the machine is reset. We asked our uh, local superintendent about it and she didn't know anything about resetting that machine. And we had 769 instances of that QR code error in Grady County in 2022. Wow. Wow, that's nuts. One one last thing. By the way, you turned around. That shirt didn't offend me at all. I thought it was quite quite a nice shirt. Question is, where can, where can we get one of those T-shirts? Can we order You can order it from georgiasfortruth.org. Great. That's well, great. So. It, it's what, got to be the most scary thing in the on the planet because all these people are running from it. I don't get it. Yeah, you know what? Just to close the loop on that too, one of the things that we heard was uh, uh, Governor Kemp did his presentation. Um, let me bring something up so we can share this for just a minute. So he did his presentation. He, this is a picture of Governor Kemp and his wife and some of his entourage. And there's there's Chad Jones or Chan Jones, pardon me. Um, and apparently, a little bit later on, after he finished his speech, was seen. See if I can get to the right one here. There's Burt Jones again. And I think we have one. Maybe maybe we don't. Uh, of uh, of the governor having lunch over at uh, Chick Fil A. I guess I guess fish wasn't on the menu that day um, for uh, for the family. So um, preferred Chick Fil A. 
But in any case, after he had left, the uh, the story was that uh, the rules against the shirts, rules against uh, voter GA yourselves were relaxed or eliminated, perhaps. That seemed interesting and, and perhaps odd. It was apparently all about not having you around uh, where they could while the governor was in the, was in the uh, well, facility. Well, he said we got to get photos. We had, he said that several times before we're, we're videotaping and asking him questions. He said, we got to get photos. We got to get photos. So it was a photo op. And he huh. did not want any of those shirts in any photo he was, you know, going to be in. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, guys, you know, well done on, on the initiative. Uh, we hope to uh, see more of, uh, of your activities in the coming months. I know this is going to get to be busy here in Georgia between now and uh, in 24. So uh, uh, keep feeding us information and uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Thank you very much. Thank you so us. much, guys. All Keep right. Good work Thank also. You. Take care. Bye bye. Can you pull them out? Yes. Oh, I, got I'm doing I got it. There we go. Okay. Thank you. So before we get to our next guest, I want to talk about our, our new sponsor, the wellness company. We, I sat down with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, who's a great friend of CDM uh, recently. And we talked about his new effort at the wellness company and what they are providing to mosquitoes in here weird what they are providing to the public and they have a emergency medical kit we all know that the the next crisis is coming right we all know that you need to protect your family you really can't count on the medical system you know to to essentially provide the medicines that you need so the wellness company has this emergency medical kit and if you go to twc.health forward slash cdm you can see this medical kit it's all the things that can protect your family if the big one comes, and we're talking tick bites to COVID, even bioweapons like bubonic plague, et cetera, and people can uh, protect their families. So go to twc.health forward slash CDM. You'll get a 10% discount on this new kit. So please support our sponsors and protect your family at the same time. So, Bill, you want to introduce our next guest? Sure. Um, as, we, uh, as we just get through discussing, one of the keys to going forward, and you hear this from Virtually everybody that uh, understands the nature of what we're facing with uh, election integrity is saying, you know, we have to do several things, clean voter rolls, get rid of machines and move to hand marked paper ballots. Um, and so we're, we're fortunate to be joined by Mark Cook who is an expert at this, understands the background, understands the technology. And so Mark, thank you for joining us, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, glad to be here. Mark's a great friend of CDM. Good to see you, Mark. Good to see you guys, too. So tell us why we have to get rid of the machines. Well, we've got to get rid of the machines uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, we have no way to verify them as citizens. And elections do belong to the citizens. And if we don't have a way to verify our vote, and to verify that the system is working as it's supposed to, we can't trust the results of an election. And as soon as we can't trust the results of an election, we don't have a republic any longer. Um, there is no way to control the systems. Uh, uh, no matter what things are done to try to control them, there's no way to ever get them to be 100% secure. And there's always going to be people that do understand those systems and can work within their knowledge in order to manipulate the systems 
under the nose of everyone else. The entire infrastructure, the whole ecosystem is actually built on blind trust, unfortunately, and cloaks. And when you have a system built on blind trust, how can we ever uh, legitimately as citizens understand that our vote really truly does count? Um, if we all depend on it for every aspect of our lives, then every single person should be able to understand the system. We have a system that's so complex that even our own election officials don't fully understand the whole thing. There's so many different components and so many different corporations involved in counting our votes. No one can even figure it all out and map the whole thing out and follow a vote from start to finish. Uh, the entire system is basically uh, looks to be a giant money and vote laundering system rather than a system that transparently proves that each of our voices is counted. We're counting dots on a piece of paper. Why do we have millions of dollars of our taxpayer dollars being spent and sent to these corporations to count dots on a piece of paper for us? Yeah, It's asinine. Mark, I know you have a lot of experience uh, in out west in the Colorado area. What's going on in that state? I mean, it, it's it seems lost. Is is there where where do we stand in getting the machines out of Colorado? Or is, I could I could not tell you in Colorado. I think Colorado is lost. Uh, okay. I realized very quickly that Colorado's so behind the times uh, in that and so captured, deeply uh -huh. captured by the leadership. Uh, that I'm not spending any time uh, whatsoever in Colorado. I, okay. I went straight to Texas and I'm, I've been working in Texas for the past two and a half years because mm. the people of Texas uh, care enough. It's the state's not as captured as Colorado is. And I think mm. there's a much easier path towards fixing this. And we've made some massive headway in Texas. People are awake, they're figuring it out and they're starting to call for hand counts across the board. And it's not just the tabulation. People have to realize it's the entire ecosystem. It's the voter registration mm -hmm. database, the poll books, the tabulation, and the reporting. And if people are only focused on tabulation component, which is the get the machines out, if they only focus on that, the rest of the manipulation will continue. I believe the machines were at one time a primary source of manipulation. I think the reporting has been for a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think lately the manipulation has moved into the voter registration databases and the poll books. And then what sealed the deal was mail-in ballots and early voting. And so now you've got a feedback loop that's created using the voter registration system and the poll books. Uh, and then by inserting records into the registration system that are then utilized to attach and hang ballots onto. And then we've got a mm -hmm. system that's defective in its design that allows those ballots to be injected into the systems and be tabulated. And the whole thing can happen completely outside of the states. So the counties don't see it. The states don't even see it in a lot of ways. Hmm. It's, so it's a brilliant system. <laughs> brilliant, by, brilliant by somebody. The, uh, it's absolutely you brilliant. You mentioned several things. So one, one is the everything that's been put together seems... To many people, overly complicated. This is this shouldn't be a very complicated process, should it? There's lots of places in the no. world that that don't use, you know, these myriad of various machines, and and they still use hand-marked paper, count them, often count them in a single day. Is is that correct? Absolutely, they do. And the counting is the simple part. The 
the more challenging part for people is making sure that legitimate people are voting. Mm -hmm. And we have these overly complex systems that have disconnected the voter from their vote. So we have a voter registration system at the top of all this. And what is allowed to vote now is an entry in a database. Whereas a while ago, you had to actually have a physical body. And yet that physical body had to exist in that location to vote. Now, votes are attached to entries in databases. So if you inject an extra 10,000 or 10 million entries in a database, mm -hmm. each of those entries can have an associated vote. We've disconnected the voter from the ability to vote. And we've connected it instead to an entry in a database. So right there, the entire system's flawed because of that part. That's and interesting it, you, know, you say that, Mars, because here in Georgia, we have Brad Raffensperger put the day, our voter registration system in the cloud uh, to a third-party vendor without, without any you know, due process of bidding or by the books or anything. And there's a big fight on that, but that's, that's interesting you say that. And it's not just the manipulation, but it's also the fact that they get the data. So they use this data from the voter registration systems and the poll books and even some of the tabulation. They use that data to adjust what they are doing to then manipulate it with higher skill and more sophistication. So having advanced data and building really accurate models of the election allows them much tighter control and it allows them to make uh, say manipulate things uh, under the radar mm. they are more They're... skilled at keeping it secretive and by spreading it out so people don't end up seeing the manipulation yeah they given the different things that you've described uh, you know people i think have over the last two years looked for they're looking for the magic bullet right what how did they do this there's got to be there's got to be a way and they they seem to want to gravitate to there we found something that's it and unfortunately, what you're describing sounds more like there's a number of different ways of of, uh, of uh, inserting or causing an intrusion into this process and causing a change, isn't there? I mean, there's, yeah, there's yes. gaps all over the place. The entire ecosystem is basically a playground to manipulate it. And that's why mm -hmm. if people are looking for the, the one bullet, there is no one bullet. It's manipulatable in so many different ways that it is manipulated in many different ways in different places. Even one county to the next could be a different type of manipulation. The, the whole thing also removes the voters so far from the system that people can organically manipulate things very easily by shredding ballots or filling in undervotes because the citizens don't take part in the election anymore. So we've got organic manipulation that's going crazy now because the citizens have been removed so far. And then we have the inorganic, sophisticated types of manipulation that are made even uh, more accurate with the feedback loop that they've created by having a total, here we go, dominion over our election <laughs> systems. Mm -hmm. wonder how they picked that name, huh? <laughs> it, is, it is interesting, right? Uh, so basically what it is, is what I'm, what I'm seeing is they've pumped up for the years our census numbers as high as possible. They wanted to make sure that even illegals are part of the sense. Oops. Did we lose you, Mark? I think we lost Mark. So, well, um, hopefully he'll be able to rejoin in just a moment. Um, the One of the things that uh, Mark was talking about was the um, propensity to try to load up 
voter registrations. And in, in previous uh, shows and in other studies that uh, we participated in last year, um, many people know that, uh, you know, across Georgia, there's many okay. counties. There we, uh, go. there we go. You back? Okay. They, apparently, they really didn't want me to tell you this. Okay. <laughs> go so, right ahead. It's coming back to you. Yeah. So pump the census numbers up as high as possible to give headroom to pump the voter registration numbers up as high as possible. And then that gives them headroom between the real votes and the voter registration numbers, because what they don't want to do is push in so many that they end up with over 100% turnout, because then, you know, even the peasants start to realize there might be something wrong, uh, us being the peasants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you and mean so like up in Pennsylvania, where it's over 100% in some cases. You, you got it. And so what they need <laughs> to do is they need to create headroom. So they want people registered to vote, but they don't want people actually voting. They want as few people really voting as possible and as many people registered to have massive amounts of headroom. Then what they need to do is they need to watch the vote and they don't need to look at ballots to watch the vote anymore. Because now that they have control of the signature, uh, well, I'll say the ballot tracking, the mail-in ballot tracking system and the electronic poll books allows them to know when people vote either by mail or in person. And if they know when someone votes that know that they're voting and they know what their party affiliation is they can build a very accurate model of the election so that gives them the results of the election without having to look at a single ballot so now they've got all the ingredients they need in order to calculate how many they need to stuff in there so but they need time to stuff them in there well they got early voting so they got plenty of time to stuff them in there and then they need a method to stuff them in well mail in ballots so they can drop them in the mail they can scatter them out spread them out so no one notices them and they've got access and control to all the voter registration and the poll book. So they can then shuffle people around, shuffle all the numbers around. So in the end, everything looks fairly normal. And all of the shuffling essentially is hidden in the noise of the general noise of the election. They basically keep the manipulation under the margin of uh, victory. Yeah. And, and then they can make all kinds of fun little moves without us being able to see them. And then we have nothing but a cloud of doubt at the end. Yeah. And we can't find that bullet. And that's how they're doing it. And if so they Mark, did what that, are the, see, I'm sorry, go ahead, Todd. I was going to say, what are the top three things that need to be done, in your opinion, now to fix, okay. at least get to where we need to be? I'll, I'll give you four. Mm -hmm. um, one, parallel voter registration systems controlled by the county. So they don't have to stop what they're doing with the state. They can keep using their state system. They need to also set up a system in parallel with their voter registration system at the county. They need to manage their own database, not provide connectivity to anyone else, and then check, cross-reference their database with the state database. Keep an eye on it. Then they're going to see the manipulation. They need to have, also have a parallel poll book system, whether it's paper poll books, which would be ideal if you have small uh, areas where you can do that at the precinct or your own internal state run closed but transparent uh, system separate of the whole book system that you've paid for and bought. Compare those as well and keep track of every change on each system by day by day and make it all as transparent as possible to the public. Paper uh, ballots and hand count everywhere you can. And make that as transparent as possible. Any cameras you can put on it, the better. The more you make transparent, the more you put out to the public, you can start crowd auditing this like we've been doing for the past years. And then on the reporting side of it, uh, we don't have any control over the reporting functions. 
uh, once it leaves the county. So what we need is we need a citizen-run parallel reporting system. Basically, we set up parallel systems uh, controlled and run by the citizens side-by-side uh, -side the existing systems of control and use those to cross-check the existing systems. And then we'll, we'll go from there, but that will at least give the citizens a play in this. Do you see any appetite at this in Texas or anywhere else for that type of movement? Huge. Yeah. I just, really? we just need the people to, to help put it together. It wouldn't even cost that much uh, to start putting it together. I, I'd love it to have some teams of people. Um, I am happy to provide uh, any type of guidance I can, but one person can't do it all, but we could definitely put these systems together, make it an open source, just hand them to the counties and let them do their own thing. If we shine a light on everything, we will see the fraud and there will be a lot less fraud uh, when you start shining a light because people tend to not cheat when they know they're going to get caught. Definitely. Interesting. One, one other question that occurred to me while you were talking through the various mechanisms, we've, we've heard a lot this year about the growth and uh, I'll call it intrusion of AI in systems and, you know, creation of, of various things. How does how does AI, because it is, is gets stronger, play into all of this? It's making it easier for these guys to play games with the data, is it? Yeah, I mean, back in the day, they were doing a lot of this by hand, I'm sure, uh, probably with Excel spreadsheets. They started programmatically doing it a little bit. It's a lot to shuffle. That's why they really needed to have early voting, because they needed time to be able to juggle all this for an entire country all at once. It's, it's, it's a tremendous amount of work. But as soon as you bring AI into this, then you can program these AI systems to do all this work for you. They won't need uh, early voting. Uh, anymore, really, um, other than early voting is very helpful to spread out the stuff ballots. <clears throat> but yeah, once when, when AI hits, and I believe they're already using some forms of AI, or at least a lot of automated tools to do this, they're just going to get better and more sophisticated, it, sophisticated with it, uh, the more control that they've got. We're counting dots on a piece of paper. So first, we just need to make sure people are legitimate citizens of the county that they're voting in and make sure they're not voting in multiple counties and multiple states, give them a paper ballot. They fill it out at the precinct. The ballot stays right there in the box. At the end of the day, it's pulled out of the box. It is counted where it's cast right there. And we get totals right then. And we use technology to make that all transparent and then put the results out at the precinct level across the entire country. We don't need to have county results and state results and federal results. Just put, the results from the precincts, we are all smart enough to add up precinct results to get to our county results, add up our county to get to state, state to get to fed. What we have here is this laundering operation where none of the totals match up. If you aggregate all these numbers yourself, they're not going to add up to the totals at the higher levels. That's the problem. Is we don't have a facility that allows the citizens the detail enough in this data to be able to see what matches up and what doesn't. The whole thing is just in a, a you know shrouded in a cloud. For the citizens. Wow. Amazing. Todd, any other questions? No, that's it, Mark. Uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you very much for coming on. That's great. Thank you, Mark. Thank Take you care. very much. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. Where is he? There he is. Wow. 
Oh, we did it twice. <laughs> we hit it at the same time. You know, too many cooks in the kitchen, I guess. Yeah, that's tonight. true. Yeah, it's should, it's my uh, fault. It is. It really the, is. Uh, the, the procedures going forward. So before we get to our discussion with Bill, uh, one of our great sponsors is David Cross. We had him on last week talking finance. He's going to be a regular guest on the Georgia 24 show. Uh, but a quick message from him. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. So, Bill, you had a few things you wanted to talk about. Well, we've, we've got a number of things going on this week and, uh, and into uh, next. Um, there's, a, there's some concerns surfacing around uh, Forsyth County regarding the um, nomination of one of the board members um, to their board of elections. And uh, Hank Sullivan has written a substack about it and questioned um, several different things. The, the method of a, a nomination, the fact that uh, and apparently a very early submittal of this nomination was done. Um, and, and it appears, according to Hank's report, that it was not done in accordance with the um, local ordinances that define how it's supposed to happen. Um, GOP is supposed to take a, take a vote on these things and then submit their nomination. They have until 60 days before the, uh, uh, before the end of uh, election board members term to submit that. And yet in this case, they submitted it for some reason about nine months early and before the next board was elected. So um, there's going to be more to this. I believe there's uh, there's already, quite a number of people involved in looking at it and, and uh, investigating what's happened and why. And uh, so I suspect that that will, uh, that will raise its, uh, its head in the coming days, perhaps weeks. Um, and in addition, we're, we'll be covering a um, Freedom Caucus event down at the Capitol tomorrow, Thursday, uh, in, in support of um, the, the push to really look at how in the heck did we get here with you know, 19 nominations, including President Trump, um, for just bizarre reasons, and, and apparently not in keeping with um, any of the uh, uh, precedents that have been set previously. People have talked about, you know, elections have been questioned in, in the past by Democrats, by Republicans. They've been uh, they've been paused at the federal level uh, back in the 1800s. Um, in the uh, the 1870s, there was a, a, a uh, an opportunity to pause the final electoral college count because there was concern about it. Um, all that was done was was another request to look at that in 2020, and yet here we have 19 people here in Georgia who have been charged with various um, what are what Fannie Willis is calling crimes, but could be as simple as a text message uh, asking for a phone number, making a <laughs> making a room reservation. Yeah. Just bizarre. And so well, we I, I can tell our it. audience we're going to have some interesting stuff coming out on Fannie Willis uh, and her fundraising activities over the next few days. So stand well, that by will, for that. 
That will be very interesting. This coming weekend, we're we're fortunate enough to have uh, Senator Colton Moore joining us. And um, earlier today, I believe it, you posted a, a, a story about there appears to be uh, forces lining up to try to take uh, and impact uh, Senator Moore's uh, position. Maybe, maybe part of this for the folks watching is about spotting those who are saying, no, 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 no. We don't want to investigate Fannie Willis. We don't think there's anything here. And we're telling yeah. you to stand down. That to me may be part of the, the value in having these contentions across Georgia. Maybe, yeah, maybe the bad guys clear. are helping spot yeah. themselves, you know? It's very clear. It's a very deep line of demarcation. Are you, which side are you on? You know, freedom or control? Very easy to spot. That's correct. All the more reason why folks like, like Field and like Sam and, and the, the hundreds of folks that were there at the Perry Fresh Fry who were standing up for what they needed to need to be commended and we need a lot more like them as we go forward. Anything else, Bill? I, I think that's it for, for this evening. Um, well, you know, every, every show we seem to get busier and more uh, dramatic with the findings. So looking forward to the next few days. Yeah. This show is the tip of the spear in Georgia. Uh, we try to lay out a lot of information and really dive deep into what's going on and let the guests really tell what they want to say. And so uh, we appreciate your, you're listening and we'll be back Sunday at two o'clock. Please sign up for our no ad subscriptions at top right of the Georgia records subscribe for no ads. That's really important for us. Uh, it's, it's a way we get supported um, that is not controlled by anybody else. And, and that's really important to us. Also, a lot of people are going back to school soon. Check out mypillow.com. Use promo code CDM, get all the sheets, get all the towels. We know all the college kids need gear. So Check it out. See what Mike has to offer. Support free media. Support American manufacturing. Okay, Bill, if that's it, we'll uh, see you next Sunday at 2 o'clock. That's great.